A beautiful and fairly well-known story of the Rebbe Rashab shows us how we can completely revolutionize the way in which we educate and incentivize our children about Torah and about a connection to Hashem. In regards to the 20th of Cheshvan, which is the birth date of the Rebbe Rashab, told the story. Story about his father, the Rebbe Rashab, which occurred when the Rebbe Rashab was four or five years old in the week of Pashas Vayera. It's recorded in the Hayom Yom as well. What's the story? The Rebbe Rashab went to his grandfather, in order to get the annual bracha for his birthday. And he started to cry. Why did he cry? He explained. How can the Ebeshter appear to Avram Avinu? Not to the Rebbe Rashab or to us generally. When you have a Jew who is already a Tzadik and has achieved the status of 99 years old, his Machda has a Davzich Molzain and realizes that he still has to take the major step of having a bris, his Averitas deserves Hashem's revelation. This is a story the Rebbe has discussed multiple times and taught various lessons from. As we learn lessons from all of the stories of our, of our Rebbein that were shared with us. Especially if it was the Rebbein themselves who shared and broadcast those stories. And therefore they obviously have lessons for us. But here, we're going to focus on another area, another facet of the story from which we can learn a lesson. The Friedrich Rebbe was very specific when he told the story. He made a point of telling us that the Rebbe Rashab was very young at the time, four or five years old. So if you consider the words of a Rebbe, Especially if the Rebbe says something in public and expects it to be printed. This must be absolutely precise. So we have to conclude that this detail of the story of how young the Rebbe Rashab was when the story happened is not only to tell us how amazing the Rebbe Rashab was and how great he was. The fact that at such a young age what bothered him was the fact that the Ebishter hadn't revealed himself. Compare that to an average four or five year old. And it was something that bothered him so badly to the extent that he cried. That's a beautiful element of the story. But the age of the Rebbe Rashab in the story teaches each one of us a lesson in terms of our own children and how we educate them. Even though there are many, many lessons to learn from the story, as the Rebbe has discussed in previous sikhs, but there's a very important lesson, a foundational lesson, which is relevant to children at a similar age, four or five years old, which is effectively before the age of formal education. 
Onit nor so God be shown of us is be matzobe horuchni viakon ben dalad ben hey. We're not only talking here about a person who is a mature adult with a spiritual maturity of a four or five year old. Shelo yigiel shleim sachinuch. He hasn't yet been fully educated. Thus says Tazavas hotaf hazov feel kein dasnit. In other we're not only talking about the person. All this is also addressed to the person. Doesn't have a full understanding about Torah and about the Eibusher. As nit nor vaseremit sadatz my fashtet nit nor kenoich nit ufnem and ashpof and atzveitin. And that would be perhaps describing a person not only who lacks their own independent insight and understanding, but also has the inability to really learn in a meaningful way from others. Obviously, part of the lesson is that even such a person who is so spiritually hollow, who doesn't have that depth, they also can demand and, and really in a meaningful personal way, similar to something that upsets us to the point of crying. Whenever a person cries so bitterly, it indicates that this is something that has affected us in a way that is beyond our own scope and our own persona. That a simple Jew can also cry about the fact that they want Abisha to be revealed to them. Even at the extent that Avram Avinu experienced Hashem, which is obviously a very advanced experience of revelation. And the reason that a person would have this expectation is because Avram Avinu is one of our forefathers. So therefore it is instilled within us, it's inherent within us that we know that we all have access to some or another degree, to the things that the Avos had. So if Avramovino experienced Gilo Elikos, so should we. So it's true that part of the lesson is for the person who is spiritually behind, that they could also have this, this pining for Hashem to reveal, themselves, uh, to reveal Himself to them. But the main thing we're going to focus on is the lesson for the person who's actually physically at that young age of four or five years old. Now, the lesson being that we can educate a young child in such a way as a zomonim betoikif, that the child will independently demand with all of his might to the point that he cries over it. That the should appear to him as the Ebishter appeared to Avram Avinu. Now, how are we going to get there? We might ask, How are we going to make a comparison between the Rebbe Rashab, who clearly was a highly advanced Neshama, to an ordinary child? The Rebbe Rashab was somebody who was holy from the first day he breathed, and he was a, in a lineage of Rebbeim. So even at the younger stage, he could already start to get a sampling, a sense of what kind of a, an individual he would grow up to be and how great he would be. Like the expression goes, that even the small cucumbers, you can see how they're going to grow up, which the Gemara uses as an expression that from a young age, you can tell where a person will develop to become. The Rebbe Hashab as a four-year-old was far more advanced even intellectually than a four-year-old and even than an adult. So how could we be learning from the Rebbe Hashab who is on a pedestal spiritually for every ordinary child? The Rebbe tells us in Hilchas Tamotera that education is bespoke. Depends on the person, depends on their abilities, depends on how sharp they are. So how could we make <coughs> an expect, how could we expect a kind of chinuch for our children like the Rebbe Hashab had? 
And of course, we have already mentioned that if the Friedrich Rebbe advertised the story, it must have a lesson not only for Rebbeim, but also for us. The fact that the story was publicized and printed is That indicates that this is not something which is for somebody who is head and shoulders above the populace. The fact that it's publicized and made accessible to all of us means that it's part of the Rebbe's life that is relevant to us and attainable for us. But surely we would have been satisfied to say this is a lesson for us as mature adults that we should learn to prioritize and to really care about Giloy Lekus in our world and it should actually bother us. Even if that includes people who are physically adult but spiritually immature. But what is so compelling to say that the message of this story has to be specifically directed also at little children? So to understand that, let's understand the concept of Chinuch. One of the things about Chinuch is that we find there are various stages of Chinuch. Even though we mentioned that the broad spectrum of Chinuch is different for every single child, and you have to know who the child is and aim towards <coughs> where they are. But there are certain milestones of Chinuch that are age-related. To the extent that we have a broad principle that you don't take a child into formal education under the age of six, but once they're six, then you stuff them full with knowledge like you force feed an ox. Which implies that when a child is young, you kind of you 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 teach them in a way that you kind of bombarding them almost in a sense with information. And that obviously is going to open the gateway to take this child to a very more uh, to a very advanced type of chinuch. But when does that all start? only from six years old. And in our story, we're talking about a child who is four or five years old. Even though the concept of a six-year-old is also somewhat flexible, because we say as in says. Depends on the physical stature and, and stamina of the child. And if a child is a little bit physically weak, we wait until they're seven years old to formally start their, their, uh, their uh, education. But what is universal is that we don't bring a child into formal education before the age of six. Even if he is robust. Even if he's way ahead of his age group. So that illustrates to us that the real efforts of Chinuch, which start where you stuff the child with information, that starts from the age of six, regardless of the personal standing of the child. Which is similar to Bar Mitzvah. Even if you had a child under 13 who is brilliant, Still, is a part of a mitzvah. The child is not yet obligated to fulfill mitzvahs. Doesn't count for a minion because it is an age milestone. So chinuch is an age milestone that really only kicks off at the age of six. Why is that? So to appreciate why chinuch is set up in the particular way that it is, let's revisit the difference between how Torah mitzvahs happened before the giving of the Torah versus how we experience Torah mitzvahs now after Matan Torah. 
the mitzvahs for avoid far matan teriyom de lang bees in sherish and ivroim. So Chassidus explains that all of the efforts that a person would put into their teriyom mitzvahs before matan teriyom could only elevate both them and their mitzvahs to what is called sherish and ivroim, the spiritual point from which all of creation begins. On their far. So, if we're trying to reach, so to speak, the highest level within the created reality, then our personal abilities are going to play a role in that. Each person, depending on their abilities, depending on their makeup of their neshama, will determine how far they reach in terms of drawing energy from this Sherish and Ivroim, from the, the root, so to speak, of their own creation. So the entire experience of mitzvahs before the Torah was given was trying to reach spiritual realms and therefore the most important thing was your spiritual abilities and far less so the physical items that you used in order to fulfill the mitzvah. That's why we know quite well from the Zohar that when Yaakov Avinu played with the sticks in order to genetically modify the sheep that he, the sheep that he was going to get from his father-in-law Lavan he actually achieved the same spiritual impact on the world as if he would have put on tefillin. Why? Because before the Torah was given, any growth in terms of spirituality was purely spiritual. The physical really didn't play a major role. Now that we, however, engage with Torah mitzvahs post the giving of the Torah, that allows us the opportunity not only to plug in to the source from where creation begins, but to ma'atil, to the dimension of, of, of Eberster, which is completely beyond, not only creation, not only that which is beyond creation, but even higher than that. And none of us, no created being, not us, not angels, nobody in the created reality is capable of reaching to such a height. The only reason it happens is because that's what the Eberster, the source of all energy and all life, decided is going to happen. And the system they wish to made was you fulfill mitzvah X that will impact the following spiritual result. And therefore the only way the mitzvah works is if it fits the protocol that they wish to decide it. We can't grow a mitzvah. We can't choose a mitzvah. We can't define a way for ourselves to connect to Hashem because it's beyond our pay grade it's over our heads and only what David offers us as an opportunity is an opportunity we can take and it might even be possible that in today's world you'll have a tzaddik of the caliber of Yaakov Avinu who could create the same spiritual impact in the world that Yaakov did through his sticks but all of that great spiritual wonder that he might create would never elevate higher than the source from which the created reality begins. And he would be unable, so you do major beautiful spiritual things that would impress everybody, but you wouldn't gain access to the Abishta's power, which is the purpose for which the Torah was given. So, simply put, Prior to the giving of the Torah, spiritual experiences were relative to the power of the individual because the scope of spiritual reach was relative to the power of the individual. After the giving of the Torah, the way that we achieve what Torah Mitzvah is all about is the gift from Hashem. We have to follow the steps exactly, otherwise we don't key into that gift. So So if that's true of how we do a mitzvah, it's also true of when we do a mitzvah. 
You could have a child who is an absolute genius way beyond an adult. Okay, that is on the scale of created beings and their limited capacity. This child has more capacity than another adult who also has limited capacity. But if that child now wants to draw into this world something that is beyond human capacity, the, what, a ter- what a mitzvah is supposed to achieve, well, there the rules and the protocols are that you only gain access to what the Eibishter has to offer the world through a mitzvah only once you hit the age of 13. It's not up to the individual. The same principle applies to Yes, of course, you can have brilliant little kids, but in order to have the experience of Chinuch as the Eibishter wants it, there's a specific protocol and that begins from the age of six. That relates back to our story, which is a child under the age of six. Because the, the, the Rebbe Rashab at that time was younger than six, he was either four or five years old. So therefore it doesn't matter that the Rebbe Rashab was a brilliant prodigy child at that age. But, despite his brilliance, he still had the limitation of being younger than the Torah's mandated age of Chinuch. And therefore, he hadn't yet, despite all of his greatness, experienced what true Chinuch is, because that is a divine protocol, not a personal achievement. Now, the Friedrich Rebbe publicizes the story of the Rebbe Rashab and his experiences before the age of Chinuch. Which implies the fact that he advertised that the Friedrich Rebbe told the story tells us this is not something which is limited only to Rebbeim. And the fact that the Friedrich Rebbe made sure, Dafke, in that story, to emphasize for us that the age of the Rebbe Rashab at the time of the story is four or five years old. It's because the Friedrich Rebbe wanted us to have a lesson that is relevant to any child who's still young enough not to yet have formal education. Because as far as the Torah is concerned, under the age of six, everybody's essentially in the same category, not yet at the level of mandated Chinuch. Could be the Rebbe Rashab, could be an ordinary child. You're not yet at the stage of mandated Chinuch. So therefore, there's got to be a lesson for us, and we've got to work out what this lesson is. So now, now that we have established, and we've mentioned already a few times, that the Friedrich Rebbe, by publicizing this story, wanted to teach every one of us a cardinal principle of Chinuch that is across the board, We'll now work out that not only does this story have a good lesson about education, it actually has a revolutionary insight into education that will completely change how we view education. So let's first look at the classical approach to how you incentivize children in education as taught by the Rambam and then see what the story completely innovates about that. Goes into detail how you educate a child, as as that you've got to incentivize the child using things that the child relative at his age would appreciate. For example, you read this pasuk, and I'll give you nuts, which I guess was a a treat in those days. 
Clearly, it's because the child is still young and immature and therefore doesn't really appreciate the value of Torah independently, so you've got to give him incentives. And then he'll grow up and one day appreciate Torah for what it is. This story, however, of the Rebbe Rashab has a different expectation of a child. Here's a story, which is supposed to be a lesson for all of us, that a child should be bothered to the extent that he cries, not because he's not getting his candies, but he's crying over the fact, why doesn't the Rebbe appear to me? In other words, the lesson of the story is that we should educate kids in such a way that Elekus is so real to them. That it becomes, that's what they actually like, more than a candy or a prize. So that what the child cares about is, why hasn't Abishah appeared to me, one? And number two, why hasn't Abishah appeared to me as he did to Avram Avinu? Had there not been the story of the Rebbe Ashab, we wouldn't know that it was actually possible to instill this sensitivity in every Jewish child. Because the Rambam's already told us that the human nature of a child is to care about small, petty, physical things. So we'd go with the Rambam's approach, which is offer the child things that the child can appreciate and relate to. And that's how our education works. But post this story, especially when you consider that the Friedrich Rebbe publicized the story and expected us to print it, in other words, that it's really for the public, that means that the Rebbe, the Fidik Rebbe now revealed to us and effectively opened a brand new channel of how Chinuch works as it's that it is now possible with the appropriate kind of Chinuch of children we are now able to completely modify and totally shift the nature of kids we can now activate a way to inspire children that they should care about and wish for spiritual things. To the extent that we can get our kids to the point that they yearn, they wish for the Ebeshto to reveal himself to them. And if we encounter a Jewish child who is not bothered by the fact that the Ebeshto hasn't revealed himself, it's not valid, it's not shy to them. It's not an indictment on the child that the child is too immature or the child is too materialistic. It's an indictment on the educator who hasn't obviously expressed this concept in a way that is heartfelt that the child would take it on board. Because that's where Chinuch should be now, is that children should care about Giloy Elikos. So now that we understand this, incredible insight that the lesson of the Rebbe Rashab is how we educate children that they should care to the point of crying over the fact that the Ebeshter hasn't revealed himself to them well then obviously the Tzemach Tzedek's response has to be part of the lesson 
So the Tzemach Tzedek's reply, which was, as I is that Tzedek to 99 Sekiyoris Macht has a Davsech Molzain, that a 99 year old Tzedek takes the resolution that he has to have a bris. Is a verit as by the Ebishter Zolzich Bavaisen Sem, for that he deserves to have the Ebishter reveal himself. Is also an end for him, a made a Shaykh to Mechinuch von Yedden, Edition Kind, that is a response to every Jewish child, and it is part of how we create the education system for every Jewish child. The Pshat and Emfer von Tzemach Tzedek is doch nicht as Debesh to Hotzich Babaisen, Babaisen nor to Avraman. What the Tzemach Tzedek is telling the Rebbe Rashab is not only, Debesh to only appear to Avraman Avinu. Because Avram Avinu did something unique at the age of 99 prepared to have a bris. The Tzemach Tzedek wasn't trying to dismiss other people including the Rebbe Rashab and say but you are not there and it can't happen to you. Because if that was his intention, then the Tzemach Tzedek could have just said very simply, We can't compare ourselves to Avram Avinu. End of story. He's at a different level to us. That's not the Tzemach Tzedek's response and message. Now the Pshat is, Rather, the Tzemach Tzedek is giving us an insight how not only can we care about the fact that Debeshter hasn't revealed himself to us, but we can actually attain a state where Debeshter will reveal himself to us. How so? By taking a strong resolution that no matter what spiritual situation we find ourselves in, our field of enemies at Sadiq and Elder for 99 secure, even if we feel that we're at the top of our game at Sadiq at 99, which is not just an age, it indicates a person who's almost at a state of perfection. We recognize that we have to have a bris miller, which means, thus meant, the purpose of a miller is to remove a blockage, to remove concealment. So we realize it doesn't matter how much I have advanced in my own spirituality. I have this mega responsibility to remove the, the, the impediments to godliness in our world. Every single Jewish person is capable of having this sensitivity and awareness. Yes, Avram Avinu was a unique human. He was a tzaddik. He was 99 years old. Every day of those 99 years was absolutely focused and filled with exactly what they wanted. And therefore, when Avram Avinu takes the decision to have a bris, which means to be aware of and wary of, the concealment of the world, that's a feel greater. It's a far more surprising attitude than us. We definitely have to be wary of the concealment of the world. Avram Avinu, you wouldn't have expected it of him. But as we know, the principle is that great Sadiq, in particular earlier on in history, open channels for us. When an outstanding tzaddik works really hard at a particular issue and brings the possibility of that issue into our world, is that that opens and makes it far more accessible for the rest of us. Which means we could now achieve the same kind of concept of removing the, the impediments and the concealment of this world far more easily than if we were not riding on the incredible achievement of Avraham Avinu. And that's part of the message. Especially now that we are post-Matan Torah. We now live in a totally different environment where we can achieve through substantially less effort things that the Avos had to work incredibly hard to be able to achieve.
And those they rough in them Tzemach Tzedek's and for being a chinuch aicha to ketanim. That's the message of the Tzemach Tzedek's answer, not only for us as adults, but also in terms of the chinuch of children. Noch dem im ruf taros b'am kindi chukni floor as they bishos osich b'avaisin sem. After we achieve the first objective, which is to sensitize our children to the point that they should cry, why hasn't the Ebishter revealed to me? And then we address the issue. We tell the child, it's not unattainable. You can reach a point of Gilelikos. How? By taking the consistent commitment to always mold, to always remove impediments and impurities from your life and from the world. To be wary of and to remove the concealment that exists in our world. In other simple English, we have to educate children not to be afraid of the fact that the world seems to be such a dark and unspiritual and perhaps even anti-spiritual place. We can educate and empower children not to be afraid of what the world says, but rather to be conscious of what the Torah wants. And we educate a child properly, as the Pasuk tells us, then that becomes their constant state of being, even when they grow much older. We have to inculcate so deeply into a child the sense of constantly battling the world and removing the concealment that even when the person has reached tremendous heights in terms of their spiritual growth, they won't be satisfied with that and they'll realize you've still got to mold, you've still got to remove impurity from the world. And when the child has that clarity and has that principle inculcated within him, then even as a young child, the, the child could already, already experience Gilelikos. Which means that the, the child lives in an illuminated space where there's consciousness and awareness of Hashem and Hashem is real to the child. And then that obviously has an impact on the rest of the world. Everything that we have learned over here indicates that the Rebbeim opened a brand new approach that is revolutionary in terms of our relationship with Hashem, that we can have this relationship that we pine for divine revelation and then are proactive about it. The truth is, which means that we now are in a position that we can educate children in such a way that they don't have to be incentivized with extraneous elements because they realize the value of the holiness itself. As mentioned, we sensitize our children to the point that they literally cry over the fact, why hasn't Abishta revealed himself to me as he did to Avraham? That is a new channel of connection between us and Hashem. A very similar kind of unique approach is also what the Rebbeim taught us about how we treat each other. And we'll illustrate this also with the story of the Rebbe Hashem when he was a young child. A beautiful story about how much it should bother us that another Jew might be in an uncomfortable position. So in the same way as it should bother us that we don't have Gilo Lekus, should bother us that another year is not okay. And the Rebbe Nishma said he's given Ben Dalit Shonim, the Rebbe Rasha was four at the time, so the local tailor once brought a, 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 a particular outfit that he had made for the for the Rebbetzin. So they're busy looking at the outfit. And while this is happening, as a child, he, the Rebbe Rasha 
pulled out a piece of material that happened to be in the tailor's pocket. The tailor felt terrible, he was highly embarrassed, and he started to explain. He totally forgot that he had this piece of material, which obviously had been from the material used for the outfit and was sitting in his pocket, and it looked like perhaps he had looked to, to steal it. So subsequently, the tailor left. So the Rebetzin said to the Rebbe Rashab, his mother said to him, Look at that, because of your behavior, the tailor was embarrassed. When the Rebbe Rashab heard that, he began to cry bitterly. Sometime later, the Rebbe Rashab went to his father, the Rebbe Marash, and he asked, as a four-year-old child, he asked the Rebbe Marash, how do I fix the fact that I caused embarrassment to another Jew? So obviously the Rebbe Marash asked him, why are you asking this question? He kept it generic and he said, I just need to know. And he did not share any of the details what happened with the tailor. So hearing this, his mother, the Rebbe, said, why didn't you want to tell your father the full story about the tailor? He said something incredible. He says, it's bad enough that I already embarrassed the tailor. Should I now also transgress gossip and Loshan Hora? Now, if you analyze the story, it wasn't so terrible what the Rebbe Rashab did to the tailor. It wasn't the Rebbe Rashab's intention to embarrass the tailor. He was fiddling around and so totally, you know, unaware, he pulled out this piece of material. It wasn't even in, in public. It was the Rebbe Rashab, the tailor, and his mother. Yet, as soon as the Rebbe Rashab realized that the tailor was embarrassed, it affected him so badly that he cried bitterly. In other that shows us something about the Rebbe Rashab. He wasn't so upset about the fact that I am the cause of somebody's embarrassment, and therefore I deserve something to happen to me. What bothered him is the fact that a person and fellow Jew was in a state of shame. And that's why he didn't want to tell the details when he shared his question with his father. Even though his father had asked him something and perhaps it was his requirement in terms of honoring his father to answer his father's question why he's asking. Besides which, he wasn't telling the story, if he had told the story to, to the Rebbe Marash, wouldn't be to indict the tailor, would be to help him clarify what he's got to do to fix himself. The reason the Rebbe Rashab didn't want to share the details with his father is because he couldn't handle the thought of speaking badly about another Jew. The fact that this story was also shared with us, with the detail that the Rebbe Rashab was only four, that has exactly the same lesson as the lesson of the Rebbe Rashab crying about not seeing the Ebishta, the same lesson that we can educate our children to be so sensitive to the next person that even at a young age, 
they could care about the next person's feelings much more than what's the consequence for me for having misbehaved. And so therefore this leaves us with a tremendous responsibility, a lesson in our responsibility to ensure the proper education, firstly our own children. Like the well-known teaching of the Rebbe Rashab. That just like putting on tefillin every single day is mandated by the Torah for every single Jew. Regardless of how advanced or simplistic a person's understanding of Yiddishkeit is. A person has an equal obligation every single day to spend half an hour thinking about the education of their children. And then the person has to do everything within their power and even perhaps beyond their power to ensure that our children go in the correct way. But besides the responsibility we have to our own children, we have a responsibility to all Jewish children. Especially those children who for whatever reason were not given a proper Jewish education by their parents. Then, as the Rambam tells us, the responsibility lies on every educated member of the Jewish community. To worry about the fact that every Jew, Jewish child has a proper chinuch. By educating children properly and sensitizing them to the next Jew and to the, the need to have Hashem's giloy, that creates the Tzivis Hashem, the ultimate army, which will lead us out of Golos, together with our elders and with our young. Together with Mashiach, should happen immediately.